Today's show is sponsored by Public.com. That's where you can earn 5.1% APY with a high-yield cash account. While we can't say for certain it's the highest interest rate there is, we can say this. It's a higher rate than Robinhood, a higher rate than SoFi, a higher rate than Marcus, a higher rate than Wealthfront, a higher rate than Betterment, frankly, a higher rate than Capital One, a higher rate than Ally, a higher rate than Barclays, a way higher rate than Bank of America and Chase, a higher rate than Citi, Wells Fargo, Discover, and it's a higher rate than American Express, too. So, if you want to start earning 5.1% APY on your cash, check out public.com. We can't say it's the highest interest rate, but it's pretty damn up there. This is a paid endorsement for public investing. 5.1% APY as of March 26, 2024 and is subject to change. A high-yield cash account is a secondary brokerage account with public investing, member FINRA SIPC. Funds from this account are automatically deposited into partner banks where they earn a variable interest and are eligible for FDIC insurance. Neither public investing nor any of its affiliates is a bank. U.S. only. Learn more at public.com disclosures high-yield-account. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Meet Gary. Gary's about to become an Einstein in an instant. Whoa, Einstein hair. I like it. That's right, Gary, because you're using Salesforce powered by Einstein AI to connect data, predict business trends, generate personalized content, and wow customers. I do feel a lot smarter. Because you're not just Gary anymore. You're Gary, empowered by Einstein AI. Did you hear that, team? I'm an Einstein. Oh, can I get a selfie? The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Coming up this hour. President Biden warns the threat remains that Russia will invade Ukraine. Investors await minutes from the Fed's latest policy meeting. UK inflation unexpectedly accelerates for a fourth straight month. And Disney drops its mask mandate for fully vaccinated theme park guests. Sandy Hook families win a settlement with gunmaker Remington. And New York State's mask mandate ends today. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. The Rangers won in a shootout. The Islanders and Devils both lost. So did the U.S. Olympic hockey team. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and futures are lower this morning, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures, well, they're little change now, but little change to lower, down about two. Dow futures are about the same, down 22, and NASDAQ futures down 11 right now. The 10-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 2.03%. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on the markets in just a minute. But first, President Biden says a Russian attack against Ukraine is still very much a possibility. He's warning that sanctions against Russia won't come without pain for Americans. Amy Morris has the latest from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. 
President Biden says the sanctions envisioned by his administration against Moscow would create long-term consequences that would undermine Russia's ability to compete economically and strategically. So he says the administration is also taking steps to alleviate pressure on U.S. energy markets and offset rising prices. If Russia decides to invade, that would also have consequences here at home. But the American people understand that defending democracy and liberty is never without cost. Meanwhile, some Ukrainian banking and government websites were hit with a denial-of-service attack the U.S. has offered to help investigate. Russian officials have repeatedly denied any plans to attack Ukraine. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. Meanwhile, a standoff over one of President Biden's nominees to the Federal Reserve is putting all of them in limbo. Republicans on the Senate Banking Committee are blocking Sarah Bloom Raskin's confirmation. They say they want to know more about a special master account that the Kansas City Fed granted to a Colorado-based fintech while Raskin served on its board. Republican Senator Bill Haggerty sits on the Banking Committee. The more than 35 questions where her answers provided were blanket, I do not recall or I'm not aware in response to questions on this. So we have not gotten to the bottom of this, and we need more information. And until we do, I'm not prepared to vote on her. Tennessee Senator Bill Haggerty spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program's weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Karen, the Fed will also be in focus today with the release of the minutes from January's policy meeting. We get more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Heightened Fed concern about inflation led to a sell-off in bonds when the last minutes were released. A repeat is possible. Investors want to know just how worried the central bankers were at their last meeting when they suggested it was almost time to raise interest rates. In particular, how far and how fast did they anticipate moving? Bond investors in particular will be looking for any details on when and how Fed officials anticipate shrinking their balance sheet. Kansas City Fed President Esther George recently warned the process could be rocky for the markets. Michael McKee, Bloomberg daybreak. Michael, thank you. In addition to the Fed minutes, we also get the retail sales report for the month of January. That's coming out later this morning. Meanwhile, in the UK, inflation unexpectedly accelerated for a fourth straight month. We go live to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's Max Ramsey. Good morning, Max. Morning, Karen and Nathan. Yes, CPI in the year to January came in slightly hotter than economists and the Bank of England expected at 5.5%. It is a new 30-year high here in the UK, driven by clothing and footwear, and it comes as the UK faces a cost-of-living crisis. Now, the figures raise the stakes for the BOE and add pressure. Investors are not ruling out a 50 basis point hike when they meet in March, an unprecedented move since the BOE gained independence back in 1997. Live in London, Max Ramsey, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Max, thank you. Inflation in Asia is also in focus. The latest data out of China show price pressures eased last month, but factory gate prices were still elevated. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia anchor Brian Curtis has more. The producer price index rose 9.1% from a year earlier. That was weaker than the estimate of 9.5%, and it was down from December's reading. And the good news for policymakers is that it gives them some more room to cut interest rates. China shifted to a pro-growth bias late last year. That was after the economy was hit by virus outbreaks and a slump in the property market. Consumer prices grew 0.9% last month from a year earlier, and that was slower than a projected 1% increase. Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
Brian, thank you. Turning to the pandemic, Disney is dropping its mask mandate for fully vaccinated guests at its U.S. theme parks. Starting tomorrow, face coverings will be optional both indoors and out at Walt Disney World in Florida and Disneyland in California. Masks will still be mandatory if you're not fully vaccinated. Major Wall Street firms are still grappling with how to bring employees back to the office as we come out of the pandemic. For Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon, he says an in-person office will always be an important part of the bank's identity. We get that story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Speaking from the Pivot MIA conference in Miami Beach, Solomon said the office was particularly valuable for the development of employees in their 20s who make up about half of the firm. He noted that Goldman has established a presence in cities across the U.S., including in South Florida, but he said the pandemic will not prompt the Wall Street giant to provide jobs that can be done from remote locations such as Jackson Hole, Wyoming. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Charlie, thank you. As the debate continues on how many days workers should spend in the office, Airbnb is looking to capitalize on the work-from-home trend. We spoke with Airbnb's CEO, Brian Chesky. We do think more and more people are going to work remotely over the summer with family. They might take them somewhere, get a summer rental. But we also just think that we're going to have three-day weekends a lot more frequently for people where they might work from an Airbnb on a Friday or a Monday and go away for that weekend. Airbnb's Brian Chesky says his company's fourth quarter earnings were its best ever. Shares are up more than 3% in early trading. Well, finally, Karen, we have a new big moneymaker on campus. Stanford University has edged out Harvard as the country's biggest college fundraiser. The California institution raised $1.39 billion last fiscal year. That was about $10 million more than Harvard. They were the only two schools that raked in more than a billion. Rising stock markets helped drive the donations last year. Markets are moving a touch lower this morning. Straight ahead, local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's now uh, 6.07 on Wall Street. We're 30 degrees in Central Park. The Sunrise Highway's closed both ways. John Tucker's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. John? And good morning, Nathan. Yeah, it's a fiery crash this morning that has closed the Sunrise Highway. A tanker truck reportedly ran into a nearby storefront and exploded. Flames spread to as many as eight stores. Well, starting today, New York State will end its requirement that people entering businesses must wear masks or show proof of full vaccination. In New York City, masks are still required at schools and healthcare facilities. Owners of stores, restaurants, theaters, or other public spaces can still require face coverings. Remington Arms will pay $73 million to families who lost loved ones in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. More on the story and the landmark settlement from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. It is a settlement that could open the door to more lawsuits seeking to hold gun companies liable for mass shootings. The money will be divided among nine families who lost loved ones in the 2012 shooting in Newtown, Connecticut, that left 20 children and six staff members dead. Remington did not admit liability in the settlement. Adam Lanza, the 20-year-old Sandy Hook gunman, used an AR-15-style rifle made by Bushmaster, a company that was owned by Remington. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. Boeing 787 Dreamliner suffered a new blow. U.S. regulators say they'll step up inspections of each jet before delivery. Since 2020, the company has grappled with structural glitches that have turned its popular wide-body jet into a drain on cash. More than 110 of the carbon fiber aircraft have been built but left undelivered while the issues are resolved. And New York Democratic Representative Kathleen Rice says she won't run for re-election after nearly eight years in office. The 57-year-old Rice, who represents parts of Long Island, didn't say what she planned to do next, 
She joins dozens of her colleagues that are retiring or running for other public office ahead of the 2022 midterm elections where Democrats fear they could lose control of the House. And New Jersey bettors, they wagered a record $143.7 million on the Super Bowl. That's up 22% from the prior year. Even with bets being taken in neighboring New York for the first time, sports betting has exploded across the U.S. since the Supreme Court allowed states outside of Nevada to offer it in 2018. And global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, John. Almost 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. Nathan, a couple of hockey shootouts. Rangers and Bruins at the Garden. U.S. and Slovakia in Beijing. Rangers won theirs. They scored on their first two attempts of the shootout. Mika Zibanejad and then Artemi Panarin. And six straight misses before Kyandre Miller scored, giving the Rangers a, two, a thrilling 2-1 to win their first game in two weeks. At the Olympics, U.S. led 2-1 final minutes. Seemed ready to advance to the semifinals. Slovakia scored, and the U.S. went 0 for 5 in the shootout. Gets eliminated after going 3 and 0 in the preliminary round. Back in the NHL, Islanders and Devils both lost by the same 6 to 3 score. Both gave up three goals in the third period. The Isles in Buffalo, the Sabres scored three times in the last three minutes. Devils blew a 3-1 lead, fell to Tampa Bay. Also last night, Sidney Crosby, career goal number 500 for Pittsburgh. An NBA blowout, Red Hot Celtics won their ninth in a row in Philadelphia by 48. James Harden walks from the Philly bench. He has an injured hamstring, said he was happy to leave Brooklyn. Harden was asked about playing with Kyrie Irving, who had, has refused to get vaccinated, only recently started playing and only in road games. Me and Kyrie are really good friends. Uh, you know, whatever he is going through or is still going through, that's his personal preference. Uh, but it definitely did impact the team because originally, you know, obviously me, Kyrie, and Katie on the court, you know, and winning covers up a lot of that stuff. The Nets play a road game tonight, but it's in New York against the Knicks. The vaccine mandate means Irving can't play. College hoops, Fordham lost another win for Iona, their 21st. Olympic disappointment in hockey, but the U.S. won gold and silver. Freestyle skiing. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. All right, John, thanks. Futures down two-tenths percent across the board, with S&P futures down seven points. Dow futures down 63. NASDAQ futures are lower by 25 points. Ten-year Treasury yield 2.03%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, increasing clouds, upper 40s today. Late-day showers possible tomorrow with a high near 60. Early high Friday in the mid-50s, temperatures will fall through the day. Right now, 29 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Farah in Moscow. And the global stock rally is stalling as traders struggle to evaluate the risk of geopolitical tension in Ukraine and the impact of rising inflation on central bank policies. U.S. stock index futures are lower, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down about 8 points. Dow futures down 66. NASDAQ futures down 20. 
The DAX in Germany is it'll change. The 10-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 2.03%. Yield on the two-year, 1.56%. NYMEX crude oil is up 8 tenths percent or 73 cents at $92.80 a barrel. COMEX gold, it'll change at 1856.30 an ounce. The euro, 1.1377 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3567. The yen's at 115.69. And Bitcoin moving higher at $44,200. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. And good morning, Karen. President Biden says it's still possible Russia will invade Ukraine because its troops remain at what he calls a threatening position. Walt Disney is dropping a mask mandate tomorrow for fully vaccinated guests to its theme parks in the United States. And U.S. regulators say they'll step up inspections of every Boeing 787 Dreamliner before delivery. Sports, the Rangers beat the Bruins in a shootout. The Islanders and Devils both lose. The Capitals win. And the Penguins' Sidney Crosby scores his 500th NHL goal. Basketball, the Celtics beat the 76ers by 48 points. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, John, thanks. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and Tracy McMillian is with us now. She's head of global asset allocation strategy at Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Tracy, it's great to have you with us this morning, although the markets seem to be focused on geopolitical risk right now with futures slightly lower and headlines continuing to come down. Where where do you see these uh, markets shaking out here? Do we have more risk premium to be priced in to come? Well, thank you for having me this morning, Nathan. Uh, yes, we, you know, we're seeing inflation and geopolitical events both driving market volatility this week. But, you know, earnings have come in very strong this quarter. And we do think that, uh, you know, that is going to underpin some higher equity prices probably later in the year. But today, investors are going to be watching retail sales and they're going to be watching for the Fed minutes. Um, for any signs that, uh, you know, uh, retail sales may be uh, weaker than expected, they're, um, you know, expected to come in with a, a, a bit more strength than what we saw last month. But, you know, um, because consumer sentiment is deteriorating and disposable income um, has also been uh coming in a bit lower, that is possibly going to set us up for a a disappointment in retail sales. So, you know, retail sales, Fed minutes are the things we think investors will be watching today. How do you think the Fed will react to those latest data points? Obviously, we got the uh, much higher than expected producer prices yesterday. And if we do see weakness in retail sales, could that be something that moves the Fed to become even more aggressive than markets are pricing in right now? Yeah, we we do think that um, because the Fed has seen upside surprises in both of their mandates, that does perhaps put it on a more aggressive path this year. Um, But, you know, the Fed doesn't want to surprise the markets. And credit markets so far have been pretty well behaved, and they don't want to risk a major disruption there. So, you know, if the Fed is going to raise interest rates by 50 basis points, then we think they're going to have to start communicating that pretty soon. And we really haven't seen the Fed governors come out, nor have we seen Powell or Brainerd 
starting to signal uh, a 50 basis point increase. But if we do hear, you know, anything uh, from the governors or Powell or Brainerd, then we need to start taking that 50 basis points pretty seriously. So what's your conviction on what the Fed could do at the March meeting? Do you have conviction at this point on whether the Fed's going to stick with 25 or or could they go to 50? So we think that the Fed is probably going to stick to 55 in March, um, again, unless they start preparing markets almost immediately. And because we, we really haven't heard that um, coming from uh, the top level of the Fed yet, we're, we're sticking with 25 for now. Okay. Uh, in terms of earnings, do you think of earnings can continue to underpin valuations even with a less accommodative central bank? So earnings, like I said, are coming in really strong this quarter, about up about 27%. We think that's going to moderate down to about 5 to 10% this year. But we do think that will be enough to underpin um, higher prices by the end of the year. We think that um, by year end, the S&P 500 should see about 235 per share in earnings. Um, and we think that that's good upside from here. So, you know, we're telling investors to take advantage of any significant weakness in markets that we might see, you know, as we are dealing with um, a, a change in Fed policy and geopolitical events that are spooking investors. So in our last minute here, does that mean that mega cap tech stocks still look attractive or are you looking for a further rotation into value? So we do continue to like technology. Um, we are moving up in quality, and we feel like technology uh, companies are still generally posting high-quality earnings. Um, we think that higher rates in technology stocks are, are probably pretty priced in by this point. And we don't see rates going a lot higher from where they are. So we, we do think that um, – you know, as companies continue to digitalize and try to improve productivity in the face of labor shortages, that technology is an interesting space for us. Good to get your thoughts this morning, Tracy. Thanks again for being with us. Tracy McMillian is a head of global asset allocation at Wells Fargo Investment Institute. Looking at the markets right now, I think we can call it jittery. S&P futures are down six points. Dow futures down 62. NASDAQ futures lower by 13 points. The 10-year Treasury up 130 seconds with the yield close to 2.04%. Yield on the two-year 1.56 as investors continue to watch headlines on the Ukraine standoff as well as uh, waiting the release of the uh, retail sales figures coming out in just a couple hours and, of course, those uh, Fed January minutes. Stay with us for more. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Clouds will increase with highs in the upper 40s today, upper 50s tomorrow with late day showers. Early high in the mid 50s Friday, but temperatures will fall through the day. Right now, 29 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And it's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. 
And I'm Karen Moscow, and we are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. Global Analyst helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash GA. Up first, the situation in Ukraine remains front and center this morning. President Biden says it's not verified that Russia's pulled troops back from the border with Ukraine. And Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. President Biden says so far intelligence is not showing it. And the fact remains, right now, Russia has more than 150,000 troops encircling Ukraine and Belarus and along Ukraine's border. An invasion remains distinctly possible. Biden says if that happens, Russia will be held responsible globally for death and destruction. He says sanction packages are in place and that the overriding issue that governments have is the right to plot their own destinies. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Meantime, there's a standoff on Capitol Hill over President Biden's Federal Reserve nominees. Republicans on the Senate Banking Committee have questions for one of them, Sarah Bloom Raskin and her role on the board of a fintech. Raskin is the president's pick for Fed vice chair for supervision. Well, this afternoon, Nathan, the Fed releases minutes of January's meeting on monetary policy. We get the story from Bloomberg's Vinny Del Judice. Bloomberg Economics says the minutes could reveal whether the Fed has an appetite for a half-point March rate increase to battle inflation. Such sentiment could explain hawkish comments by Fed Chair Jerome Powell following January's policy meeting. Recent speeches by Fed officials have also been hawkish and signal central bankers are open to aggressive action with inflation running at the fastest pace since the early 1980s. The Fed's March meeting is set for the 15th and 16th. Vinny Del Judice, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Vinny, thanks. In the U.K., inflation unexpectedly accelerated for the fourth month in a row. Annual price growth in January rose to 5.5%, a new 30-year high. And on the earnings front, Nathan, shares of Airbnb up more than 3% in early trading. The San Francisco-based travel company beat revenue and profit estimates in the fourth quarter. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Futures this morning, lower. S&P futures down five points. Dow futures down 55. NASDAQ futures, little change, down about seven. Straight ahead, your uh, latest headlines, as well as a check on sports. And this is Bloomberg. Okay, Karen, thank you. 633 on Wall Street, 30 degrees in Central Park. Big problems on the Sunrise Highway. Closed both ways at Rockville Center. John Tucker's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, John. And Nathan, Rockville Center on Long Island, the site of that nasty fire this morning. It erupted when a tanker truck traveling on the Sunrise Highway veered off into a storefront. Well, the flames reportedly have spread to eight other stores. No word yet on injuries. Another sign, the U.S. increasingly seeking to live alongside the coronavirus. We get details this morning from Bloomberg's Lisa Mateo. New York State today will end its requirement that people entering businesses must wear masks or show proof of full vaccination. And beyond New York, Walt Disney is dropping a mask mandate for fully vaccinated guests to its theme parks in the U.S. Face coverings will become optional for inoculated visitors in both outdoor and indoor locations from Thursday, according to a statement posted on the Disney World website. Masks will remain mandatory for those who are not fully vaccinated. The decision comes just days after Universal Orlando 
ditched its mask requirement. Lisa Mateo, Bloomberg Daybreak. A discovery under a stairwell in an upstate New York home. A little girl reported missing more than two years ago when she was just four has been found alive more than 150 miles from where she disappeared. Police say they found six-year-old Paisley Schultes in a house in Saugerties, New York, huddled in a cold, wet space under the stairs. The Saugerties police chief. Nobody was leaving without that child. They, we honestly believe that that child was there. And, of course, at the end of the day, that's exactly what the case was. They say she was abducted by her biological parents who lost custody in 2019. Stanford University has raised $1.39 billion in the last fiscal year, the most among U.S. colleges. And it narrowly edges out Harvard University for the top fundraising spot. The perennial fundraising rivals were the only schools to raise more than a billion dollars in the 12 months. Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore ranked third with $930.9 million raised. Former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin has lost her defamation case against the New York Times for a second time, with a jury in Manhattan Federal Court finding for the newspaper a day after the judge in the case said he'd throw out the case anyway because of weak evidence. And record gun seizures last year at U.S. airports are coming under scrutiny in Congress. TSA officers found almost 6,000 firearms at 268 airport security checkpoints across the country, about an 83% spike from the year before. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, John. Coming up to 6.36 on Wall Street, and John Stashauer has a Bloomberg sports update. All right, Nathan, a scheduling quirk. The Rangers had their bye week right after the All-Star break, so they went two weeks without a game. At the Garden, they fell behind the Bruins early on, tied the game third period, and went to a shootout, and in the ninth round, a Keandre Miller goal gave the Blue Shirts a 2-1 victory over Boston. Islanders in Buffalo, game was tied with three minutes left. Sabres scored three times in the last three minutes and won 6-3. Devils led 3-1. Tampa Bay also three in the third, also won. 6-3. Career goal number 500 for Sidney Crosby of the Penguins. NBA Celtics ninth straight win by 48 in Philadelphia. Sixers just made the big trade with the Nets. James Harden won't debut in Philly until next week. Got an injured hamstring, and it's not known when. Ben Simmons will start playing for Brooklyn. Hasn't played all season. Simmons played poorly in last year's playoffs. Criticized heavily. He admits he's been dealing with mental health issues. There's a bunch of things I was dealing with as a person. In my personal life, I don't really want to go into depth, to depth with. Um, but, yeah, I'm here now. So, you know, it's a blessing to be, you know, uh, in an organization like this. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting back on the floor and, and building something great here. Nets play the Knicks tonight at the Garden at the Olympics. The young U.S. hockey squad who went 3-0 and in the preliminary round, beaten in the quarterfinals by Slovakia, who tied the game with 44 seconds left and won 3-2 in a shootout. Americans Alex Hall, Nick Gepper won gold and silver freestyle scheme. Matt Harvey on the witness stand, former employee of the Angels on trial for providing the drugs that killed Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs. Harvey was Skaggs' teammate. He admitted they both used opioids. John Stashow, Okay, John, thank you. It is uh, 6.37 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Kriti, looks like investors like the outlook from Airbnb. 
Yeah, things are turning around when it comes to that pandemic trade. I got two stocks to show that uh, dynamic here. Let's start with Airbnb, though. ABNB is the ticker, up 3% in the pre-market. This comes after they beat revenue and profit estimates in the fourth quarter, reporting a net income of $55 million. Nathan, compare that to a loss of $3.9 billion a year ago. I think it's safe to say people are traveling again, and that's, of course, working yeah. well for Airbnb. Let me show you the other side of that pandemic trade, though, the idea of Essentially, some of those names that were performing really well when people were in lockdown, and the chief among them is going to be those uh, that gaming sector in particular. Roblox comes to mind. RBLX is your ticker, down 16% in the pre-market. They also reported earnings after the bell yesterday, reporting bookings, actually, that missed the analyst estimates. That also rose 20% from a year ago to $770 million. But compare that to the analyst estimate of $786 million, and you can see why investors are a little bit disappointed. But to the point of the Airbnb story, it is also a reversal of that pandemic boost over the last two years ago. The CEO urging investors to take the long view on the game platform company as opposed to just a pandemic name. Yeah, interesting to see those dynamics shift. Uh, what other earnings are you looking at? Well, let's look at Toast, uh, which has is toast, uh, I should say. Uh, T-O-S-T, slumping 16%. I stole that joke from Matt Miller. I know it's Pretty kind of good. a doozy. Not too bad. <laughs> toast, uh, it's a restaurant-focused payments company. Uh, they reported a mixed quarter, showing a wider per-share loss in the fourth quarter than Wall Street expected, uh, but higher revenue. So this is, once again, uh, something that's far more exposed to the restaurant sector. We know that those restaurants haven't been coming back 100%, and Toast kind of riding that wave. Uh, I'll end here, Nathan, with Pinduoduo. we got to keep an eye on those Chinese ADRs. PD is the ticker for uh, the, the shares at up 2%. Getting a little bit of an upgrade here from City, writing in a note that's upgrading it to a buy from a neutral, saying that shares are attractively valued following the decline in the third quarter of 2021 and after the global tech sell-off. Seeing some buyers go back into the Chinese market, Nathan. Yeah, so not all the stocks are toast this right. morning. Okay. <laughs> Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole ahead of the open, Geopolitics, the focus for investors on a, a, a broader level. Right now, S&P futures are down, uh, but little change, down almost three points now. Dow futures down 31 points. NASDAQ futures fluctuating between gains and losses right now. The 10-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds now with the yield 2.03%, and the yield on the two-year right now just shy of 1.56%. Get the very latest developments on the Ukraine situation and more from the nation's capital with Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joining us next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, clouds increasing today with highs in the upper 40s, late day showers possible tomorrow, upper 50s, early highs in the mid 50s Friday with temperatures falling through the day. 30 is our current temperature in Central Park. Markets, headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Kara in Moscow. And futures are little change to lower this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Ken. That's right. U.S. futures are quiet right now. Dow futures down 35 points. SB's dropped three and a half. Well, the NASDAQ futures are lower by just a point. The U.S. 10-year yield at 2.04%. Gold and oil are both little changed. Bitcoin is trading higher by 0.4%. Japan rose 2.2% overnight, while European markets are also quiet this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, retail sales. And at 2 o'clock, 
minutes from the FOMC. After the bell last night, Airbnb beat estimates. Viacom CBS missed. And in deal news, SeaWorld's bid for Cedar Fair was rejected. Wrapping things up, Echolab was raised to neutral at J.P. Morgan. Celanese was cut to neutral over at Piper. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John? Good morning, Karen. President Biden says it's still possible Russia will invade Ukraine because its troops remain in a threatening position. U.S. regulators say they'll step up inspections of every Boeing 787 Dreamliner before delivery. Walt Disney dropping a mask mandate for fully vaccinated guests to its theme parks in the U.S. Sports, the Rangers beat the Bruins in a shootout. Islanders defeat the Dev- uh, Islanders and Devils both lose, and the Capitals win. And the Penguins, Sidney Crosby scores his 500th NHL goal. And in basketball, the Celtics beat the 76ers by 48 points. Global News, 24 hours a day on air in a Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. A deep dive into crypto's cure for the Texas power grid. I'm Liam Denning, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. A year ago, a sudden Arctic freeze knocked out the Texas power grid. Now Bitcoin miners say they can help strengthen it. Mining cryptocurrency is energy intensive, which puts more pressure on power grids. But miners say they can turn their demand up and down quickly, depending on the overall demand for and price of electricity. In theory, their extra power needs should encourage more generation to be built and their flexibility should be valuable when disaster strikes. However, it is unclear as to whether any developer of, say, a new wind farm would break ground on the premise of crypto mining raising power demand for the next 20 years. Above all, despite the hype, Bitcoin shouldn't overshadow more straightforward fixes for Texas's grid. I'm Liam Denning. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or O-P-I-N go on the Bloomberg terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and terminal customers can read more at O-P-I-N go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report, and a top 50 college for undergraduate entrepreneurship studies by the Princeton Review. Learn more at njit.edu. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. China's President Xi Jinping has ordered Hong Kong to get the city's coronavirus outbreak under control by all necessary means. That's an unusual intervention that could lead to stricter measures and possibly a broader lockdown. Xi's remarks came after Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam said the outbreak had overwhelmed the government. Alphabet's wing unit elevated its leading technology official to head the company as it seeks to rapidly expand its drone delivery operations. Adam Woodworth, who has spent his entire career designing New Age aircraft, was named Wing's chief executive officer. Wing has become what it calls the world's largest residential drone delivery service. In the first six weeks of this year, the company said it has performed 25,000 deliveries by drone. That's a tenfold increase over the same period last year. And Meta Platform CEO Mark Zuckerberg calls the company's employees Metamates in a new memo on corporate culture. The founder of Facebook changed the company's name in December to reflect a newfound focus 
on the so-called metaverse. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. You have to learn a whole new yeah. uh, language here, Nathan. I was going to say, that's going to take a little <laughs> bit of getting used to. Thank yeah. you, Karen. 651 on Wall Street, and we are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories there include President Biden warning the threat to Ukraine remains, Fed nominees in limbo on questions about Sarah Bloom Raskin, and Democrats vowing to curb inflation, as Republicans say, I told you so. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins, starting off with the latest on Ukraine. Uh, Emily, it does seem as though the president is in trust but verify mode, and we continue to watch these headlines cross, raising doubts about whether Russia is following through on its uh, claims that it's pulling back from the Ukraine border. Yes, at this point, I mean, it doesn't seem like anyone else is verifying Russia's claims that they are moving troops fast, that if there are any troops that were moved, they were troops that were not positioned close to the border, um, and therefore there's still a lot of questions about whether that counts as a de-escalation. Um, still a lot of concerns. Obviously, uh, Biden spoke to the American people on this yesterday, uh, sort of really focusing on the fact that he does still feel like there is a diplomatic option, but also just kind of mentally beginning to prepare Americans for what it might mean if Russia does cross into Ukraine and there is a resulting war. He talked about energy prices, saying that, you know, that could wind up impacting gas prices and that Americans could feel that. He was very honest and, and open on that particular point. Um, he's also he and other people in his administration have also talked about cyber attacks on Ukraine that have uh, hit Ukrainian banks, the defense ministry, um, other websites, um, including some some big ones for Ukrainian people where they have a lot of sensitive information stored. And the U.S. has offered to help Ukraine really investigate and respond to those cyber attacks. All right. Well, we watch, well, while we watch this uh, standoff continue uh, near the Ukraine border, Emily, we're also watching a standoff on Capitol Hill over one of President Biden's Federal Reserve nominees. And it's got pretty much all of his slate in limbo for now. Yeah. So uh, they're, Democrats are planning to move all of Biden's five nominees together. Uh, the concerns that Republicans have are over Sarah Bloom Raskin. And yesterday there was supposed to be this vote on this committee uh, that would send these nominees to the House, uh, to the Senate floor, or at least begin that process. But Republicans denied Democrats a quorum. None of them showed up. And the top Republican on the panel, Senator Pat Toomey, he said that he would continue to block I block these nominees until he gets more information about why a candidate at the Kansas City Fed granted this uh, uh, master account to an Ohio fintech company where Raskin served as director. These are all concerns that Raskin might have used, behaved improperly or might use her Fed position improperly to benefit uh, companies that, that she has a link to or that she believes in the mission of. Raskin has denied this multiple times. The White House has said that they've looked into the incident. Everything was above board. But Republicans are still having their concerns, and, and they're showing their ability to use their muscle here in really delaying not just Raskin, but uh, uh, Biden's four other Fed nominees, including Powell. And meantime, Emily, uh, we're seeing some moves uh, from Democrats now to at least try to tackle inflation uh, while these questions swirl around what the Fed's doing. And uh, interesting to see the Republican reaction to some of what the uh, Democrats are doing here. 
Yeah, Democrats, particularly Democrats facing the tough races, uh, they proposed legislation that would suspend the federal 18 cents per gallon gas tax until next year. Um, and Republicans have basically, you know, immediately shot that down. Um, they said it's an attempt by Democrats to seek political cover. Uh, just the South Dakota Senator John Thune called it a desperate cry for help. So it doesn't seem like that's necessarily something that's going to be done, although Schumer could try and push it through if they wind up getting uh, a 50 votes. I mean, at this point, Democrats are kind of locked in on a number of things. They're still trying to figure out how to move forward with the Build Back Better package. Um, There are questions about what the future of the U.S.-China competition bill is. Uh, The Senate and House are supposed to be negotiating on that, but we haven't heard a lot about the future of those formal negotiations. Uh, And the Democrats are really, they understand that inflation is going to be a big concern, that it's going to be a huge liability for them as they go into the midterms, and it's something Republicans are really going to capitalize on. And so they are looking for solutions like the suspension of the gas tax, that they could say would give Americans a little bit of of, uh, ease and and relaxation on prices. All right. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins, as always, thanks for the update. And you can read more about all these stories at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Karen. Nathan, it is 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. February is Black History Month, and every day this month we're celebrating significant moments in U.S. black history. Now with your installment for February 16th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. On this day in black history in 1951, the New York City Council passes a bill prohibiting discrimination against African Americans in city-assisted housing. The bill was mainly directed at the Stuyvesant Town Housing Project, at the time a public-private partnership project. Managers of that development prohibited black tenants who had been active in the campaign to stop racial discrimination. Lawsuits were filed claiming that the project was public or semi-public and thus violated anti-discrimination laws for New York City public housing, which were rarely enforced. One month later, the Brown-Isaacs bill became law in New York City. That's Today in Black History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. And S&P futures are little changed this morning, so are NASDAQ futures down, futures down 35. Bloomberg Surveillance is straight ahead with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrell, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Nathan Hager, I'm Karen Moscow. This is Bloomberg. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Meet Gary. Gary's about to become an Einstein in an instant. Whoa, Einstein hair. I like it. That's right, Gary, because you're using Salesforce powered by Einstein AI to connect data, predict business trends, generate personalized content, and wow customers. I do feel a lot smarter. Because you're not just Gary anymore. You're Gary, empowered by Einstein AI. Did you hear that, team? I'm an Einstein. Oh, can I get a selfie? The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.